coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. The uh, saying was that Savannah was like the, I don't know if you can say this on the radio, but sluttier sister of <laughs> Charleston. <laughs> That's so funny. You'll find the video of Olive there and Guy Fieri that I'm talking about. It's, it's definitely entertaining. Cool. <laughs> it was entertaining. He was actually really nice. He was really cool. I was just about to ask that what he was like. Yeah. Yeah. He's- he was really, you know, I think it was uh, maybe a little bit, definitely before he became like way famous now, mm-hmm. but he was, he did get a phone call in the kitchen. He was talking to this guy on the phone. He gets off and goes, Oh, I'm going to have uh, lunch with Emerald when I get to Miami. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's. I mean, we're busy. We're open. Florida's been open. Right. So you wouldn't, uh, you know, so we're, it's like we're doing the same business as we were before, just minus half the people. So. Right. right. Yeah, everybody, everybody's got that problem now. When we did the menu, I was like, oh, I don't think I don't think we should put that on. And JP, she loves we were going to call it JP's fried bologna sandwich, but she didn't she didn't want that. But we she kind of fought for that. She fought for that. And of course, now it's one of our top sellers. So I, mm-hmm. I ate my words on that. one. <laughs> I will say that the boar's head bologna makes a big difference, I think. Totally. Uh, I mean, bologna is bologna, but honestly, there's is a it when when you put it on the grill, it actually cooks almost like foie gras. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to. But you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button, and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Chef Olive Davis. Olive is formerly of Stella's in Gulfport, and as of January, is the chef at the new Salty Sandwich Bar in Gulfport. At the top of the show, we have Abby with her recipe for Quesa Birria Tacos. We, we have, have a great, great show, so stick around. Where can you find the freshest fish in St. Pete? Well, you can't get fresher than caught that day. That's what you'll find at Trophy Fish. The Day Boat Special includes the fresh catch of the day, cooked how you want it, with your choice of two sides and a house-made sauce. They also have some incredible appetizers, like grilled street corn that's like crack, that stuff's so good, incredible grilled oysters, fresh fish spread, and much more. You will also find some options for the land lovers out there. All of this set in a setting that makes you feel serene and relaxed with your toes in the sand, like a day at the beach. They like to call their concept Bait Shop Chic. So head on down to Trophy Fish, where you can grab a boat drink from their full bar and fill your tummy with the freshest catch around. Trophy Fish is located at 2060 Central Avenue in the Grand Central District. They are open Wednesday through Friday at 5 p.m., Saturday and Sunday at 12 to 3 for brunch and at 5 for dinner. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Engine, engine number nine. 
Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth, and the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? Please welcome, with our monthly recipe, straight from the St. Pete Foodies Test Kitchen, Abby Allen. Hey, Abby. Hi, guys. We have an exciting one today. Yay. And surprise, we got all the ingredients from Rolling Oats. Imagine that. Yeah. And we want to thank (laughs) them for sponsoring the recipe segment. You were saying, Abby, tell me what you're saying about the short ribs. Oh, so the short ribs. So for this recipe, Hey Siberia Tacos. I like to use short ribs in this recipe, but the great thing about it is you don't have to use short ribs. I just like, you know, the flavor. Rolling Oats does have them sometimes, mm-hmm. but in place of that, you can use a chuck roast, two pounds of any kind of, you know, good beef, basically. Good slow, slow cooking beef. Yeah. Something that'll get nice and tender and that'll shred nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, right. so if they don't have the shred or the short ribs, there's no need to panic. A roast will be fine. A shank, you know, mm-hmm. a, a preference. Yeah. And in case you just moved to St. Pete yesterday, Rolling Oats is a locally owned organic food market where you can get high quality ingredients for cooking at home. And they also have delicious prepared foods for when you're on the run or don't feel like cooking. And they have been around for over 25 years. Over 26 now. 26 now. And they are the sponsor of our recipe segment. And, you know, I don't normally like to do what everyone's doing because Quesabiria has been a huge fad or hugely popular for over a year now, but it's, and it still is. There's still people coming out with their new, new videos and recipes and everybody and their brother has their recipe for this, but tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo. Right. So, and I wanted to do Mexican food. So, so we are going to do what everybody else is doing just this one time. (laughs) Because it's tacos. Yeah. So Cinco de Mayo, we may have mentioned this in in previous years, but it's really a bigger celebration in the U.S., than it is in Mexico. Right. So it celebrates Mexico's victory in a single battle against, against the French that lasted one day. The reason it's celebrated is that the French had them far outnumbered and they were professional soldiers. The Mexican underdogs were mostly untrained natives. The battle took place in the state of Puebla, and that's pretty much the only place that celebrates it in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> and then us. So, well, so, you know, any, anything today drink. That's yeah, what America's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's Just like St. Patrick's do. Day. Well, I don't yeah. need an excuse. Right. I know. <laughs> but yeah, Tuesday, it's, so, so it's like St. Patrick's Day, an excuse to day drink and party and eat another culture's, culture's food. And stimulate the economy. We right. love that. So, Biria, before it was a taco, you want to tell us about yeah. it? Yeah. So it's. It's traditionally a, a Mexican stew. It's cooked um, until the meat, and traditionally the meat that they utilize is they utilize goat um, pretty popularly. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big goat. I don't know. It's just kind of a it's a mental thing for me. It's a little gamey for me. But mm-hmm. um, it's cooked until it's tender, falls apart, and then someone had this brilliant idea to throw it on a taco, and turns out it was amazing. So then we've had these birria tacos. Well, then someone got hyper creative and went a step further and combined two of the greatest things ever, quesadilla and this birria taco and just made this beautiful creation. And now everyone's just losing their minds over these, these, these tacos. They're insane. And they're everywhere. Like Kevin said, everywhere. And did you do, did you also do it where you dip the taco in the stew before you eat it? That's Yes. So there's two key parts with this. So the stew, it's created, you braise the meat in, and at the end, you pull the meat out, you shred it, you shred, you um, strain off this consomme. Use it for two things. When you're building the, your birria, quesabiria tacos, the difference here is you want to take that tortilla and dip it in that consomme and then hit it in the skillet and it'll fry up in that fat and then top it with your cheese. I use, um, in this recipe, we're going to use queso fresca. 
melt your cheese, put your meat on there, top it with a little bit of onion, close it up, cilantro if you want. I know Lori's not eating cilantro. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And then dip it in the consomme as you eat. And it is just so luscious and rich. And it's just everything you could ever want in a bite of food. I mean, it's incredible. Oh, I'm so hungry right now. You're killing me. (laughs) Yeah. As as if tacos weren't messy enough already. But you know what? I'll take messy tacos any day over rainbow colored anything. Oh, but seriously, but except for those, those bagels, those bagels were good. But, they, are, they were good. Right. Yeah. Kevin, cl- Kevin couldn't get past the rainbow. I ate the rainbow. I had to close my Tasted eyes. Tasted just like the plain one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But no rainbow here. Totally open your eyes for this experience. And it's, I mean, like I said, with the beef, you can use any kind of beef you want, whatever you find at Rolling Oats, something nice and treadable. The cheese, if you wanted to just be a birria taco and you don't want cheese, I don't know why you wouldn't want cheese. Leave the cheese off. And again, any kind of topping, but keep it simple. Onion, a little bit of onion, because that onion and cilantro, because that meat is just so rich and delicious. It doesn't need much. So totally. Could you put like peppers in it if you wanted to? Oh, yes. So the the marinade. Oh, you mean peppers as far as like on a garnish, like a jalapeno or something like that? Or I meant like like green, green, red, yellow peppers, whatever. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Something that's not like too overpowering, right. of course. But I'm glad you brought up peppers because that reminds me, at Rolling Oats, you'll find pasilla peppers. Now, the traditional recipe will call for usually like guajillo peppers, but pasillas are pretty pretty similar. How do you so spell that? Pasilla, P-E-S-I-L-L-A, pasilla. Okay. Did I do that right? I have yeah. it written somewhere here, yes. That's fine. Um, but they have those. They have some dried peppers in like the produce section. You'll see a little area there mm-hmm. but um nice. otherwise second international so yeah the case of burrito tacos yeah. definitely one you should make everyone awesome mm-hmm. and again we want to thank rolling oats for sponsoring the recipe and for abby allen for creating it and the mexicans for beating the french on may 5th cheers <laughs> <laughs> to that <laughs> ch- check out st petersburg foodies.com for the short rib quesadilla taco recipe and this time it's completely appropriate for me to say Don't go away. We'll be right back with Chef Olive Davis. Dat's Restaurant in downtown St. Pete not only has some of the tastiest food, they're also unique and creative. They're the home of comfort food with flair, a foodie wonderland filled with bacon, cheese, and house-made breads. I love their shrimp and grits, which made our top 10 list. The trick is they use cream cheese and an Indian makani sauce. They also have a bunch of great burgers that use certified Angus beef. And two that they're famous for are the Cheesy Todd, where instead of a bun, you have two bacon jalapeno mac and cheese buns. And then the Double D, where you have two whole glazed donuts instead of a hamburger bun. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. I love the spaghetti in meatball, ginormous meatball stuffed with spaghetti inside the meatball, then served on top of more pasta. They also have tacos, fish and chips, meatloaf, pulled pork, grouper sandwich, salmon, a great steak salad, and tons more. They've got a huge location with lots of outdoor seating, and the inside is as spacious as it gets, great for social distancing. They're right in the heart of downtown St. Pete on the very first block of the famed Central Avenue, 180 Central Avenue. Their website is datstampa.com, and on Facebook you can find them at dats for foodies Check out Dats in downtown St. Pete. Please welcome from Salty Sandwich Bar, Chef Olive Davis. Welcome, Olive. Thank you so very much. I've been looking forward to this. Yes, so have we. we. And we're going to get into Salty Sandwich Bar in in a little bit. That's down in Gulfport, just a, a block south of Pia's on the other side with some great elevated sandwiches, some other things, deviled eggs, yum. But before we get to that, where are you originally from and how did you wind up in the culinary business? I was born in Michigan and I was raised in Connecticut and then I moved to Savannah um, in 1989. And that's where I feel like I did a lot of my growing up. Right. In Savannah. Savannah. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful city. It really is become a great foodie town too. Yes. And it, you know, being so close to Charleston, 
mm-hmm. you know, that was really totally. good for our workforce. You know, we had a lot of the culinary students would, you know, do their internships there, come there for the summer and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. We did a Charleston trip a few years ago and we started it with a couple of days in Savannah or yeah. day and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're sister cities. We always, the uh, saying was that Savannah was like the, I don't know if you can say this on the radio, but sluttier sister of <laughs> Charleston. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> You can say whatever more you fun want to be had. Man, I've been to Charleston a hundred million times, but you know, the little mini bottles they have there and it's totally different. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. Not open container where you can walk around. It's just a different atmosphere in Savannah. It's like a festival every day. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. W- w- what year did we go? Was it 2017 or 18? I think it was 2017. Oh, you were late, late in the uh, visiting. Yeah. We went 2017. Yeah. And the thing is, the reason I bring that up is because I bought so many grits that I still have grits from 2017. Oh. Actually, no, it was 20. It was 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah. I had yeah, to I think back been... over the year because yeah. 2017 was when we went to Asheville after we Irma came through. Oh, right. That's right. Oh, Asheville's okay. beautiful too. It was beautiful. That was our uh, evacuation. Right. That's, right. Yeah, that's a good one right so did you always want to be a chef or happened by yes, accident I, I was sort of built, uh, born into this business um uh my mom owned restaurants uh and uh when we moved well she owned a restaurant in connecticut and then when we moved to savannah we both actually worked for the hyatts but then she got back into it and uh, she owned like three or four restaurants at one time and i've been in the restaurant business my whole life so wow. Uh, and what brought you to Florida? Um, actually, my grandma. She uh, lived in Ruskin. She was a snowbird, mm-hmm. and she lived in Ruskin. Uh, she's too old for that now. She's still alive. Uh, her birthday was uh, last week, ninety-five. Wow! Um, but she's unable to travel back and forth anymore. So I would come to Ruskin to visit her, and then you know you get bored, obviously, in Ruskin. <laughs> so you, I started driving around, and mm-hmm. I took some wrong turns and saw Gulfport. And I just fell in love. There you go. Wow. You ended up in Gulfport from Ruskin. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I did. I I was trying to get to the water. You know, when I got over to this side, I just kept taking left-hand turns until I ran into the water and it just happened to be down in Gulfport instead of instead of making the right to St. Pete, I took the left to Gulfport. So it's (laughs) such a great quaint little area. I love it there. So how did you also end up having some time in the Jacksonville area? Um, uh, so after I lived in Savannah, I moved to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I moved to Tortola, uh, the British Virgin Islands. Lived there for about three or four years. And what were and you doing there? I, moved, I was a charter boat chef. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yep, yeah. charter boat chef. Um, and when I moved back, because uh, there were so, I went through a few years it was really bad hurricane season down there in the last year that I was there and I want to say that was somewhere in 95 um we had three or four hurricanes and we were pretty much out of power for almost a whole year oh, and I finally man. just said that's it yeah that's it. you know I'm going back I'm going back to civilization so right. um I moved to Jacksonville so I had some friends there and whatnot and um spent time there obviously and then I moved down here I moved down here in 2010 okay okay and it was also that year that you had your 15 minutes of fame. Right. Or six minutes. Six minutes. <laughs> it's, it's billed as a six minute commercial pretty much for the restaurant that you uh, So do they, do they seek you out or uh, do you contact them? Yes. No. Uh, the, the format is basically they, they look for social media presence mm-hmm. and you know, what's be, and of course this was in 2010 when social media isn't what it is now. Yeah. But, right. um, you know, reviews and that sort of thing. And um, so they contacted the sisters, uh, the Culhane sisters. And um, because of our social media presence, and I don't remember if they'd, you know, done some campaign or something about it, but uh, they definitely contacted us. It wasn't in our, you know, we didn't go looking for it. And and, and so far, and so far, nobody knows what we're talking about, but it is diners, drive-ins and dives with Guy Fieri. (laughs) So you were on diners, drive-ins and dives. And that's when you were working at uh, you were the uh, head chef at Colhane's Irish Pub, in, right. actually in Atlantic Public Beach. House, actually, is what they called it, I believe. Atlantic Beach. Yeah, yeah Atlantic Beach. Yeah, which is Jacksonville yeah. area. Yes. And, yep. you know, he comes back in the kitchen like he usually does. And you made, uh, well, what I found at first, before I found the video, it was billed as you making the Guinness beef stew and lamb sliders. The video I found, the segment had the Guinness beef stew 
And then you also did something called dingle fish pie. Yep. Dingle which fish has, pie. has salmon, cod and shrimp. And it looks rich and delicious. And Very. it was funny. Guy looks at the camera and says, if you dig all the way to the bottom of it, you'll find a membership card to a local gym. <laughs> was, that was you funny. Know, a lot of that it had a lot of heavy food to it but yes there's a few it's funny because they filmed two different days for 16 hours two different days they uh, they edited a lot right mm-hmm. there was a lot that didn't make it uh, a lot of food that we did which is when it came out the whole time i was watching i was like oh my gosh they they didn't do this they didn't do that you know mm-hmm. so they you know, right. it down to those three items so and right it, it was it was a lot of fun yeah, I guess they just want to get a lot of stuff and then they just cherry pick the what they feel is right, the best. Right, right, right. It was really cool. I mean, Guinness beef stew is delicious, of course. And when you just casually think of that, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's a beef stew. It's really good. Mm-hmm. A lot goes into it, I found out a from watching this video. But if you want to make it correctly, you know, which, you know, certainly we, we tried to do, um, you know, it, it does take, well, you have to make the demi-gloss, you know, you have to roast the bones. You got to, you know. Um, I had the time to do that there. So, you know, it yeah. made it really special. Pretty awesome. It yeah, like so- dish. People would travel all over. And there's five sisters to that family. Let me tell you, the families that would come over, the people that come visit from Ireland. Wow. Yeah. It, had, it had to be perfect. It had to be good. Oh, you know? boy. So are they still open? <laughs> they still are open. They have a couple of locations now. And um, I think they just launched like a like a spirit line, you know, vodka and whatnot. Oh, wow. So called five sisters. So yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's cool. Colhane's C U L H A N E apostrophe S. Yes. So just yeah. Google that, or if you find their Facebook page, you'll find the video of Olive there and Guy Fieri that I'm talking about. It's it's definitely entertaining. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was entertaining. He was actually really nice. He was really cool. I was just about to ask that what he was like. Yeah. Yeah. He he's- was really. You know, I think it was. Uh, Maybe a little bit, definitely before he became like way famous now, mm-hmm. but he was, he did get a phone call in the kitchen. He was talking to this guy on the phone. He gets off and goes, oh, I'm going to have a uh, lunch with Emerald when I get to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. So that was cool. yeah. yeah. That's funny. So just, I want to mention Jacksonville. Uh, we went there in 2019 and we had no idea. There's actually a pretty good food scene there. There is. There uh, is now. There didn't used to be. No, there, there didn't. I, we there were surprised. Yeah. yeah. I actually found out, Kevin did a Facebook group that was very similar to ours uh, for Jacksonville foodies. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go to Jacksonville, check out Picasso's Pizzeria. It's yes. amazing Italian food. So we, the so funny thing is, uh, Il Ritorno here in downtown St. Pete is one of our favorite Italian restaurants. Right. And huh? looking at the photos from Picasso's Pizzeria, the photos to me looked like Il Ritorno food. It, so yeah. I made sure I wore my navy blazer, you know, a nice dress shirt, and we go in, and it's a total dive. It was. It looks like <laughs> it looks like a divey pizza place. Yeah, a little, but the, a little overdressed, isn't but, that funny? But I know people are looking at me like, who's but the, this guy? The food was phenomenal. But the, the food, food was, phenomenal. was phenomenal. Yeah, and then Julington Creek Fish Camp. Oh uh, yeah. And oh, yeah. then Black Sheep. That's downtown, and Lee Aquino, the chef at. Uh, Birch and Vine. Yeah, he's he, from Atlantic Beach, I believe. Yeah, he 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 recommended that one to us, mm-hmm. Black Sheep. He did. Yeah, it's so different now. I, I I drove through there a few years ago, and I was like, wow, because it's one of the reasons I moved down here. Honestly, after doing that, was it was just kind of a void, you know. And Jacksonville's mm-hmm. so large that you'd have to get in a car and drive like an hour. Yeah, you'd yeah. Still be huge. in Jacksonville. Yeah. To yeah. Find something fabulous, you know, because when you're at the beach, you know, it is a distance from everything else, but. Yeah, it was just, you know, St. Augustine is where we always went. It was closer. Right. Yeah, it that is. makes so sense. Fun. So in 2016, when you were at Stella's, you won the top local chef savory category. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so were you, so there's, so I know Stella's, I know Colhane's. Was there anything in between those? Actually, I went to Locale and opened up, uh, was one of the opening team of Locale. Oh, cool. Um, and then I was a butcher there. Uh, but nice. that's kind of my background as far as schooling. I mean, everyone can specialize in something. I just did butchering. But um, right. cool. anyway, uh, uh, I was there for a period of time. And, and then I left and I just came back to, to uh, Gulfport, you know, parking and all those sorts of um things that annoy people when you get older. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it was, you know, 
uh, too far to travel or anything, but parking downtown, you know, <laughs> right, right. So but, um, it was a, it was a good organization. It was an excellent, as we all know, uh, they, you know probably the story of locale. Um, yeah. You know, came from San Francisco to open it and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, just turned out not to be for me. Yeah. Okay. So h- how long have you been a professional chef? I was an executive chef when I was 23. I was one, running a restaurant. It was one of my mom's, but um, I mean, we were like a $4 million a year restaurant, pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I grew up in the business. So professionally, I mean, I've been doing this quite a long time. I, uh, I'm 51, so I don't even shouldn't say that. But <laughs> hey, I just, I just turned 52 yesterday. You know, so yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm proud of it in a way, you know, I'm still alive, I'm still kicking, still doing this, you know. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. So in all of your years working as a chef, how has the restaurant world changed and evolved and what has stayed the same? Um, for sure, it's kinder and gentler, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day, kitchens and even in the front of the house, you know, uh, it was harsher, you know, employees maybe weren't treated, you know, there was an element of, you know, harassment to a degree. And I don't mean, uh, sex, just like, you know, you know, aggravation and, you mm-hmm. know, speaking not well to each other, treating well, not pe- kind of like Gordon Ramsay on Hell's Kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> but certainly, certainly, you know, nowadays, I mean, you know, mental health and well-being, that's all a thing, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a personal thing. You have to kind of make it happen for yourself, but it's okay to, to look, you know, look inside and, you know, take care of yourself. So, right. Um, but as far as staying the same, I would say, especially right now, as we all know, it's still very stressful. We're short staffed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and people are, I mean, we're busy, we're open. Florida's been open. Right. So you wouldn't, uh, you know, so we're, it's like, we're doing the same business as we were before, just minus half the people. So right. Right. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody's got that problem now, you know, we're hearing yeah. that left and right. And, you know, I, my thoughts on it, you know, everyone keeps talking about people that are on uh, getting paid welfare. Most of the people I know just found something else to do. They either found a work from home job or they learned something new and they're just, they just don't want to come back. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I don't know. I don't personally know anybody that's collecting unemployment. They've mm-hmm. just decided to do other things. So maybe other people have that experience, but um, I, I don't have that experience. So. I actually don't know anyone either. Yeah. I mean, everyone yeah. keeps blaming it on unemployment. Right. right. Blame it on people just said, you know what? Well, I'm going to learn something new. And they took the time during COVID to take online classes or, I mean, we certainly know there's a lot of, you know, at work from home jobs at the moment anyway. Mm-hmm. People are right. still working from home. So. Right. right. So you have a lot of experience working in kitchens and it's Mm -hmm. still a male dominated field. In your opinion, what do women chefs bring to the kitchen that men don't? Hmm, Kevin, that's a question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess uh, for the sake of not sounding sexist, opening up a can of worms or going down a really long worm rabbit hole, I'm going to just say stamina. That's from my own perspective. Mm, okay. But what I do want to say about that is, you know, still in this, it, it's still happening now is women still have to prove ourselves. We're in still prove ourselves mode, which mm-hmm. is still very odd to me. I've been doing this a very long time. It's still very rare that I work with women in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, on occasion, there'll be one or two, but it's, yeah, it, it, we're still in the prove yourselves mode, our, ourselves mode. And that's still perplexes me because I feel like by now, you know, when I went to culinary school, there was like one other girl, but I have been in kitchens where there's been more women, usually hotel kitchens. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I still feel like we're having to prove ourselves. Right. Yeah. That okay. would be the one thing I would say. But, you know, I joke about stamina. I feel like there's really no difference. I mean, we all work the same, you know, men and women, and that sort of thing. So the real right. answer, there is no difference, except that we still have to prove ourselves. Right. Right. So, and then how long were you at at, uh, Stella's? Uh, I was there on and off. I've left and worked there probably three different times. That's a long sorted story. (laughs) But on and off, I think probably like four or five years, you know, I would work Mm -hmm. there for a couple of years and leave, work there for a couple of years and leave, that sort of thing. I'm very good friends with with Barb, the owner. Barbara. Um, 
it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, you know, nothing bad. We're, we're friends. It's just, uh, you know, something else, you know, just changing my, uh, environment. So, mm-hmm. so I love to cook you- breakfast, but it's very stressful. Right. <laughs> how did you come to be working at salty sandwich bar? Um, well, I've known GP for a while. Uh, you know, she has a bar salties mm-hmm. in, in Gulfport. Mm-hmm. And on occasion, we would kick back and forth talking about maybe opening up a place. You know, I had said to her, if you ever open one up, you know, let me know. And uh, during COVID, uh, she was her lease was up at her other at the bar and she didn't think they were going to renew. So she decided to open up a sandwich bar uh-huh. and uh, then their lease did get renewed. So anyway, you know, it was just a. uh just, I guess, a casual conversation that turned into more than that. Cool. Yeah. So just to be clear, so there's Salty's The Bar, which is on right. Shore Boulevard, mm-hmm. and then Salty's Sandwich Bar is a separate location on Beach Boulevard, just a block south of Pia's on the other side of the road. Right. Yeah. And I have a whole bunch more stuff on Salty Sandwich Bar, but first we're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. As a St. Pete Foodies listener, you should also check out the Zest podcast from WUSF Public Media. You know, the Tampa NPR folks. Every Thursday, host Dahlia Cologne shares everything from food history to the best restaurants you haven't tried. There's recipes you'll want to try and a different slice of our state's foodie scene. The key lime actually is native to Southeast Asia. The English sailors were called limeys when they found out that they put it in their barrels of water to get rid of that brackish well-watered taste, they uh, didn't get scurvy anymore. So they wanted them in all their ports in the tropics. So they took the seeds and planted them. So that's how we ended up with key limes down here. We invite you to listen to The Zest on your favorite podcast app or at thezestpodcast.com. Tell Tell them St. Pete Foodie sent you. St. Pete is all about local. And this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oates has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable price as possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town. And on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe open daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh yeah, I love that one too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms, and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, Best Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Best Bloody Marys, Best Meatballs, and, believe it or not, Best Salads. Ooh, ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs. It's so good. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. 
are back. We are back. We are back with Chef Olive Davis from Salty Sandwich Bar in Gulfport. And, you know, before we get uh, into more into salties, I almost missed one of my um, questions that are more serious. Oh. What is your philosophy on running a kitchen? And what is your philosophy on cooking? Hmm. Well, on running a kitchen, uh, well, I like, for both of them, I have one answer, but I can expand on it a little bit, but I like to keep it simple. When -hmm. it comes to running a kitchen, just like any any business, it's about the people. And I like to treat people, I always say, we all are the same, we just have different jobs. You know, Mm -hmm. I try not to treat, you know, anybody less than or more than than anybody else. You know, so that keeps it, you know, uh, keeps everybody pleasant and kind and you know, the happiest that we can be in, in a situation, you know, in a stressful kitchen. Um, so I can skip simple. over. Have you ever thrown a plate at someone's head? <laughs> no, I've thrown a plate on the ground in the past, uh-huh. you, know, you know, way back when uh, all of, I think all of us chefs, as we grow older, you just become kinder and gentler. It takes too much energy yeah. to be like that. It takes much less energy just to, just to let things go. <laughs> you know, there's a bus pulling up up front. Okay, great. You know, there's a, you know, the truck's (laughs) not getting delivered today. Okay. All right. We'll figure it out. You know, (laughs) right. Those kind of answers instead of, you know, losing yourself. So yeah, um, uh, I'm sure a lot of people say, just keep it simple. And, you know, that's easy to say and harder to do, but as long as you can, you know, try and do that in your life, generally, I, I think that works. Yeah. Part of what you said reminded me of another interview where we were told, you know, chefs figure it out. Yeah, we, you have to we figure, figure it, it out. Just figure it out. Yeah. yeah. You know, you wear many hats. You know, you you I, you know, uh, in the past when I've interviewed or whatever, people would ask, uh, "Can you multitask?" And I swear, every morning almost when I'm you know cooking bacon and frying chips and prepping and accepting orders and running over here, and I'm always like multitasking. Like we should show people how to multitask. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That is our whole life is multitasking. It is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we published Haley's review on January 19th. Yeah. And that, that made me go there for lunch the same day. <laughs> and so I would describe it and correct me if I'm wrong as elevated sandwiches mm-hmm. would be the specialty. And there's also, there's a different deviled egg feature every day, which I, I love deviled eggs. And, but there are also, you know, if you don't feel like a sandwich uh, or your friend, you know, doesn't feel like a sandwich, but you want them to come with you, there's a ton of uh, daily non sandwich specials like buttermilk mm-hmm. fried chicken wings with maple mm-hmm. bourbon buffalo sauce. Yes, that was uh, a good one. Mm-hmm. Blackened shrimp skewers over coconut basmati sticky rice with pineapple salsa. So those mm-hmm. are just a couple. So when I went, I had the smoked salmon deviled eggs which okay. were great. Uh, the salty sub and the That's fried right. pickles. Yes, and <laughs> later I missed this on the menu the first time. I think what I did is I read Haley's review and she had the, the sub in there and I had to get that. And then later on, I looked at the menu and there's a fried bologna sandwich on white bread with yellow mustard. That's mm-hmm. my favorite American kind. Cheese. Yep. It's very basic, but um, you wouldn't believe how much, how much we sell. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. You're going you know, to be selling one to Lori soon. Yes. What, <laughs> excellent. I can't wait. When we, when we did the menu, I was like, Oh, I don't think, I don't think we should put that on. And JP, she loves, we were going to call it JP's fried bologna sandwich, but she didn't, she didn't want that, but we, she kind of fought for that. She fought for that. And of course now it's one of our top sellers. So I, mm-hmm. I ate my words on that one. <laughs> I will say that the board's head bologna makes a big difference. I think. Totally. Uh, I mean, bologna is bologna, but, Honestly, there's is a it when when you put it on the grill, it actually cooks almost like foie gras. Uh, it oh, really wow. does. It is so. I mean, you know, to, to watch the fat just sort of render and it gets nice and soft. It it, it it's a nice sandwich. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just wouldn't want the cheese. Yeah, and you don't have to have the cheese, <laughs> but it does keep it together a little bit. But anyway, right. I get. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, so so, what is your process of de- for developing a menu? And specifically this menu. Well, actually, I was, it was very collaborative. Normally, I do go into places and I would make a menu. But um, uh, uh, JP, 
and Dia that owns uh, Neptunes and I all sat down and wrote down our favorites, you know, and uh, that's how we came up with the menu. The, it, you actually now, I think since you've been there, we've added uh, a lot more items. We had a larger menu. That was our smaller menu that we opened up with. Um, but yeah, it was very collaborative. And really, we just, we, we worked in that space for about five months. And about three months into it, we got our fryers put in and, and the flat top. And we got the, most of the kitchen equipment, even though we weren't open yet. And mm -hmm. we did a lot of experimentation. So cool. a lot of places don't have that time. We just had the time because of, you know, uh, inspections and that everything took so long mm -hmm. that we took that time to, and really used it to, to work on the food. So nice. that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So are you still doing Buffalo wings right now? We are. Although I just read Pete Boland's post about chicken wing shortage and you know, that chicken wing shortage has been going on prior to Super Bowl. I couldn't get chicken wings for like three weeks because we're a small place. We didn't order like 50 cases. You know, we'd get one case. Right. 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 So I couldn't get chicken wings. All I had to have. Um, well, I got them like the like a couple of days before he allocated me a case. And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. You know, mm -hmm. but it's been going on for a while and everything is crazy expensive. He's absolutely true. You know, right. Yeah. And what we're re referring to in case uh, our listeners haven't seen it, Pete Boland, he owns in downtown St. Pete. He's owner operator of the galley and co-owner uh, of Mary Margaret's Irish Tavern. And he mm -hmm. did a post saying that, sorry, but we're taking chicken wings off our menu because the price is so high now. That I'd, I, the price I would have to charge you is ridiculous and you would never pay it. Right. To, to sum it up. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Some people, you know, are, you know, they accept that and some people don't, but yeah, I would, you know, I, forwarded that to uh to our owners so we'll see what happens uh, right yeah yeah I, I was impressed with the way pete wrote that he did a good job yes, yeah he did a nice job and it's you know it is about education and informing people and if you you know if you can do that then hopefully the public understands you know they don't want to overpay right you know people don't want to overpay for for something so absolutely so let's look at the menu here here i'm going to hand this one to you Lori. All right, got to so, get my glasses then. Nah. <laughs> I'm looking at the starters, and the first one I want to try that I haven't had is the barbecued pork empanada. Mm -hmm. with slow roasted mojo pork marinated with, yep. with what is it, SoCo barbecue sauce? Is that a, just a brand? Oh, yeah, a whole bottle of Southern Comfort goes into that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, a whole get. Uh, it, it, it's pretty tasty. I mean, I wouldn't say that you have to like SoCo. It's just sweet, you know, and alcohol burns off. It's, yeah. It's a nice, sweet, right. Southern Comfort flavor. Mm -hmm. What What else goes into the barbecue sauce? Um, actually, that's it. It's, I start with. Uh, oh, wow. So you just uh, reduce yeah, that? I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't make the barbecue sauce from scratch. I just sort of fix it our way. Um, gotcha. Pineapple juice, Southern Comfort, barbecue and barbecue sauce. Cool. Mm, that Philly beer cheesesteak sounds great. What? The, it sweetens it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. The Philly beer cheesesteak sounds amazing. We sell a lot of those. I bet you do. So, you know, I basically make a beer cheese sauce. Mm -hmm. um, a 12 pack of Amberbach beer goes into it. Um, and uh, yeah, it tastes like beer, beer cheese sauce. You know, we use a, <laughs> I, I do roast my own um, roast beefs. Um, onions, peppers, and mushrooms. I think that you have an older menu, maybe. And I do. I have the one from January from Haley's Review. Yes, we. So we've changed the name from Philly. Does it say the Philly beer? It does on this one. Yeah. Yeah, we changed that because we've actually had you know some people from Philly come down, and oh. of course it's not a Philly, you know. So we just call it our beer cheese uh, sauce, uh, Philly. Not not Philly, but steak sandwich. Right. Yeah. Right. We've had some pushback on the wording. Right. right. Yeah. You know, every everybody has their own idea of what's authentic right. to them. And well, I totally try and make things not authentic. <laughs> That's you awesome. Know, to put a twist on it. You know, I'm not right. from Philly. I haven't worked in either of the two restaurants that have invented the Philly. Mm -hmm. So I would never say that it's authentic because. Right. You know. So, yeah. And with anything, even the Cuban, I always say our Cuban. 
that's right. how I like my Cubans. And so that's how I, how I make them. So. Right. And you guys, I sh- we should mention, you know, we're talking about uh, cooking with alcohol. You mm-hmm. guys have beer and wine, yes. uh, several, several domestics imports, craft beer also local right. stuff. And, and they bring stuff in every week. So cool. And also you list the deli board, all the different meats and you use boar's head. Mm-hmm. Looks like on just about everything there. And so you, you can just go in and say, Hey, can you make me this sandwich? Right. Yes, pretty much. Sure. Yes, we do. And awesome. let me tell you, people take full advantage of that. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet they do. We got yeah. pretty crazy creations. A lot of times I'll make something else, take a picture of it or keep the ticket, you know, because, you know, people are pretty food savvy nowadays, you know? Oh yeah. So that's I'm, a, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes I'll, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great sandwich. You know, I'll try one myself later. <laughs> right. Right. Cool. Let's also talk about the bread. Cause we're talking about boar said, do you, do you have a, a specific source for bread? Do you, do you make some bread? We, I don't make the bread. Um, I use uh, it's a company called bread mafia and cool. they source from four different bakeries in Tampa, the La Segunda casino bakery, uh, Fado bakery. And there's one more, but I don't use that other one. So we get our bread from all three different bakeries. Nice. Um, and uh, uh, of course the gluten-free uh, we just order from a gluten-free source. Right. Okay, good. That's good to know too. Cause mm-hmm. yeah. there's, you always have a certain amount of people looking for gluten-free. Right. We have a lot of gluten-free, all our fried items. If, uh, as I said, you have an older menu, but all our fried items are gluten-free because I use a rice flour and the Bob's Red Mill one-to-one flour mix. Oh, nice. Free. So everything that we fry is gluten-free. That's great. Nice. Awesome. So do you want to do a lightning round? We, oh, I mean, I'll try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, so we're going to do a quick chef lightning round. Before we do that, let's finish up on salties. So Monday's the day off. Close yep. on Monday. Uh, the rest of the week, always open at 11 a.m. Tuesday closing uh, at yep, 4. 11. Yep. Tuesday no, closing. No, we at- just change our hours. So ah, we open at 11 every I have day. everything wrong. <laughs> no. Well, we, we they, they go into effect next week. So I'm okay. going to get uh, value. Okay. So sort of a little ahead of the game. So we open at 11 every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we're going to close at six and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're going to close at eight. We're adjusting our hours. You know, season has sort of come and gone a little bit in Gulfport. And of course, all the other elements that go into why restaurants have to shorten their hours right now are in play. Right. So, and the, the address is 3121. Beach Boulevard South in Gulfport, yeah. Florida. And the website is saltysandwichbar.com. Awesome. And I highly recommend the deviled eggs for sure. <laughs> yeah, we and, changed the, the ones I have going on now are hot pepper with a pineapple salsa. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fancy stuff. <laughs> okay. Ready for the lightning round? I, I guess so. I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Okay. Olive oil or butter? Olive oil. Lemon or lime? Mm, lime, but I love all citrus. Mm-hmm. Regarding pickles, dill or sweet? Dill. Mm-hmm. Thai or Indian? Mm, that's also a hard one. Thai, I guess, but I can't wait for the Twisted Indian to open. Right. <laughs> Total, same here. <laughs> Ranch or blue cheese? Uh Blue cheese, but we all know all of America loves ranch. Right. I'm with you on the blue cheese, though. Lori's with the, with the rest of America on ranch. Right. <laughs> Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Ketchup or mustard? Spicy brown mustard. There you go. Ribeye or filet mignon? Hmm. I'm going to say ribeye, but really um, chuck steak. Chuck eye. Chuck eye. Mm-hmm. Yep. Chuck eye. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we love ribeyes and we probably eat that the most when it comes to steak, but I've been learning, been learning a lot about culinary this year that, I mean, if you, if you really know what you're doing, you can make any cut delightful. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, fat plays a large role in the Mm -hmm. flavor. Right. And although everyone's stuck with the filet mignon and some are marbled, but I'm sorry. 
I like some fat on my steak. Totally. Exactly. Now we recently discovered an Australian Wagyu skirt steak that I'm currently mm. obsessed with. Oh mm. my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to make it to that St. Pete provisions. I just haven't had the time, but I'm going to get down there. Yeah. yeah they're they're expanding cool big time. So yeah. oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Olive. This was great. Oh, thank you. This has been wonderful. So nice speaking to you both. Yes. Thanks, Olive. We'll be right back. This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. We have six new items on the website. We've been busy. We have news of Chef David Benstock of Il Ritorno is going to compete on Beat Bobby Flay. We have a new 10 best pizza places in St. Pete, 15 best burgers in St. Pete. We have a review of Shrimpy's Blues Bistro on St. Pete Beach. And we also have a review of Sauvignon Wine Locker and American Trattoria, which just is opening today. You'll find all of that and more at stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the show, our guest is St. Pete chef and entrepreneur A.J. Lambden with a new, innovative, tech-savvy way to feed people restaurant-quality food on demand. If you want to get in touch, drop us an email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Olive Davis. And Abby Allen. And thanks to our sponsors. Trophy Fish. Dats. Rolling Oats. The Zest Podcast. Noble Crust. Booyah Ramen. And, and Engine, Engine Number no. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Sweeney, you just received one of the best compliments I've ever heard. This is Adam, and I'm notorious back in the day. Adam has just said your cacio is one of the best he's tasted outside of Rome. What's your name again? Elaine. Next time you make cacio, toast the pepper first, remove the moisture, and then you want to grind it by hand, yeah? Hello? Yeah. C'est ton pote de connard? Yeah. C'est un très bon ami de moi. Ça fait longtemps. Un peu plus sojacé aussi, hein? Pourquoi pas? American? Yeah. Yeah, arrogant prick. Well, he's a chef. <laughs> <laughs>